What is up, gamers? Welcome back to another episode of the Final Shot Podcast. I am your host, Joseph Salamoni, and I am joined by my co-host, uh, Adam Sidorius. And today we are here not with Jackson Wise, no matter how many times we had to try to get him on this episode. Uh, that little stinker, he keeps running away from us. So. We tried our best to get him on. We really tr- we pulled out all the stops for him each time, and it just it fell apart. And it's crazy because he lives in our basement, but we still yeah. can't get him on the pod. Yeah, um, we tried to we tried to lure him out with meat, and he hasn't he's not budging. So. Yeah, he's just um. Actually, I can't even. I went to the basement earlier. Mm-hmm. He's not there, so I don't know where the fuck he is. Because yeah, he he's been feral these past couple of days. It's, <laughs> yeah. He's barking and growling and stuff. <laughs> Very settling, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um. So. Today and Jamie couldn't do it either. He's too busy doing research. <laughs> he's he's way he's he's slammed right now, folks. We we gotta get Jamie on the pod one day, I think. Um, he's uh, he I mean he wants to. He always talks about it. Yeah, but he he's a good man. Uh, all right. So today we're gonna be t- doing a Studio Ghibli episode. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, we already said that we've been planning this for months. We've been trying to get Jackson on for months. And when Jackson said he couldn't do it again tonight, and I love Jackson, we're not talking too about Jackson, but I told Joe, I'm like, we have to do it. Like, I'm so fucking tired of pushing this episode back. Yeah, the uh, the audience is really neat. The, the audience has been waiting for this one, too. We, everywhere we go, we get asked about it. <laughs> but seriously, like, I think even, like, past episodes, I, like, teased it. I'm like, oh, we're going to be doing a Ghibli up next week, and then we never do it. Yeah, um, this is our, like, Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, the, <laughs> the deep cut. Uh, yeah, I. So, do you want to tell the audience like your relationship with Ghibli? Like when you like, what was the first one you saw? The first one I saw, I saw Spirited Away in middle school, and I was too young and I didn't get it, and I was like, that was weird, and I just kind of carried on with my day. And then <laughs> really, I I revisited Spirited Away a couple couple years ago i think i was about like 17 or 18 and i enjoyed it a lot more and then but that was really the only ghibli film i had seen for a while and it wasn't until i got hbo max which was this like past couple weeks or so that i really started to watch all the ghibli films yeah um yeah i kind of have the same relationship with you not so much in the sense of like with spirited away but um the first one that i saw i saw when i was like oh god i think i was eight uh, mm-hmm. was Palace Moving Castle, and it was just because it was an animated movie that was uh, at Blockbuster, and at that time, an eight-year-old thinks any animated movie is accessible to him. Mm-hmm. So I watched it, and it, I I won't even lie, like I understood zero percent of that movie when I saw it the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it made absolutely no sense to me, and uh, I still think that's one of the more puzzling uh films of their of their resume, but mm-hmm. I. Uh, that's the one that I always go back to where it's like that was the worst introduction that a kid could have had because I contend um, Totoro is probably the best one you show to a kid. Yeah. Um, not to get fully into the movies before we go to the list, but um, there's I, the thing is like these movies they are full, like you can show a kid these movies, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like when Isle of Dogs is coming out where I'm like you can take a kid to it, but what they get out of it I have no idea. Because it has to be a very advanced, like a, a smart kid to like fully access with these movies, you know. And um, so, yeah, then I saw Spirited Away when I was like uh, 15, I think. And I loved it a lot, which made me go on a big uh, binger. And I think the next one I watched was Totoro. Then I rewatched Towels, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. I saw like a bunch of them in a row. Mm-hmm. 
And I, for some reason, I stopped. And I was meaning at that point to go see Wind Rises in a theater. And I just didn't for some reason. Like, I, I didn't get around to it. And I never saw it until like a month ago. Mm. So uh, I'm a lot like you where when I got HBO Max, I took advantage of their Ghibli catalog. And I uh, – is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I think it's Ghibli. Uh, uh, Jamie, can you look that up for us? Jamie's going to look it up for us, guys. Don't worry. Um no, I gotta, I gotta find out because I'm not gonna mispronounce it ever. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna like click on a random video and see how they pronounce it. I'm pretty sure Chris Stuckman says Ghibli. Ghibli? No, it's it's Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. Okay, there we go. No, no, it's yours. It's the way you said it. Oh, it's the way I said it, Ghibli. I get, I don't, I don't like this because <laughs> I've been saying Ghibli forever. But if it's Ghibli, uh, Ghibli. Patreon subscribers, please correct us. Yeah, please let us know down in the uh, the Reddit comments. Yeah, this pod's going great so far. We don't even know the name of the episode <laughs> that we're producing. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, I think uh, that they are above and beyond to the best mm-hmm. animation uh, studio working today. Uh, many will argue Pixar, but I think they this company has no bad movies. Like even yeah. their worst movie is probably like. Ghost in the Shell 2, and that's not even <laughs> bad. It's just not as good as the first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of incredible that they have, I think, it's over 20 movies. I don't know exactly what the number is under their belt, and they produce nothing but good films. Like, anytime you see um, a Studio Ghibli film, you know that you're at least going to get, like, a masterwork of animation. Um, so, with all that being said, do you want to tell the audience what your number 10 is? My number 10... Studio Ghibli film. It's a little ditty. It's about a little fishy and a little sea. My number 10 is Ponyo. Uh, Ponyo is super cute. Uh, it's got a banging song at the end of it. And it's a really it's a really cute story just about how like cool it is to be old and like young like children love. It's a super cute movie. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it. Uh, it's got a banging end credit song. Though. That's all I got to say about it. Um, spoiler alert, uh, Ponyo is not on my list. Wow. Uh, Ice and Ponyo. But I do, Ponyo was the, um, I, for some reason I forgot that I saw it in theaters. Cause when I saw Porco Rosso in theaters, I was like, oh, this is my first, uh, Ghibli in theaters. But then I totally forgot that I saw Ponyo when I was like, uh, 12, just cause it was, it was a major wide release for anyone that remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, Every, it was a big deal in 2009 when it came out. and Yeah, I remember seeing a lot of trailers for it as a nine-year-old. I think it was advertised on Disney Channel a lot, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, they released it in North America through Disney. Or not exactly through Disney, but through, like, uh, was it Touchstone or Buena Vista? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it got, like, a lot of marketing. And I think it actually did pretty good at the box office, from what I remember. I remember the theater that I saw in was packed that day. Uh, but, I, yeah, I love Ponyo. It's just one of those things where... Uh, even though it's a great movie, it's Studio Ghibli. So like the top 10, you know, only has 10 spots mm-hmm. and they have, in my opinion, 10 amazing films. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to talk any more about Ponyo or are you good? Um, yeah, Ponyo super cute. I think it's really interesting to see, uh, especially with Miyazaki's films, with Hayao Miyazaki, it's very interesting to see him kind of explore similar themes and similar ideas through like different, like drastically different lenses. Yeah. Cause very clear that he's very uh, he's very clear that he's a director interested in war a lot pretty much every one of his movies features like some form of war in any capacity and it's like kind of then also he kind of really likes to 
delve into like the like being old and like the el- the nature of being like elderly and like yeah. what it means to be old and i think that's really it's really interesting to see him kind of explore the, like very similar ideas through just very because all of his movies are like very different from one another so it's inter- each movie is kind of a new perspective to look at uh, like the same theme yeah and i'll be honest i didn't rewatch it for the pod uh mm-hmm. I, re- I remember it pretty well but i'm curious to see if, like if i rewatch like makes me like it more i mean i already love it as it is but i wonder if a rewatch would do anything for me it's a pretty um, cute yeah i mean again i really like it i just haven't seen it in a few years um i rewatched it like in high school but i haven't seen it since then um but yeah my number 10 is the tale of the princess kaguya uh, a movie that I saw for the first time like two weeks ago, and this has been on my radar pretty much since like 2013 when it uh, was released. I think um, it was like it was released overseas, but I don't think it came here until 2014, like mm-hmm. The Wind Rises too. I think um, I actually think it premiered at TIFF um, in 2014. That was the first time like anyone outside of overseas uh, audiences saw the film. And people, like, raved over it. And this movie, uh, I think, got an Oscar nomination that year. I lost to Big Hero 6, but it was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Mm. Um, this movie's beautiful. Uh, I think it has some of the most stunning animation that I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, it is, it's a lot like another movie on my list. And you might, if you're a Ghibli fan, you might know what I'm alluding to. But it's a lot like another movie on my list where it has a very different, not only aesthetic style, but just just i don't know like the animation style of this movie is so different than anything ghibli has ever done mm-hmm. and uh the director of the film and it's it was uh takahata's last film he ever made mm-hmm. um he i watched an interview with him today actually because i was just wanting to refresh my mind on the movies that i watched these past few months and he was like saying that he wanted to be a little more simplistic in the animation so the emotions were stronger because sometimes like when you delve all the way into all the detail of the animation that you sometimes lose the emotion in that and i think most ghibli films don't fall into that category Mm -hmm. but you can't deny that what he was talking about paid off with this because it is a heartbreaking movie but it's also so beautiful it's like it's just this tale of like how duty and like your love for life always compete with each other and how you're always going to be pulled like in a direction for adulthood when you really just want to be a child. And it's like this constant internal struggle that you have to deal with as a person. And it, it's so stunning. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. The fact that it's only number 10 is insane to me. Cause I think it's a near mm-hmm. masterpiece. Uh, so yeah, that's my number 10. It's a good. Number 10, man. Uh, that, that guy makes a lot of really great movies. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> uh, my number nine is uh, it's a, uh, it's, Hayao Miyazaki's presumed last film until he announced that he's coming out with a new one in two years, but it's the the wind rises. Um, this movie is, uh, I think, I was really the, the the animation isn't as in your face as some of the other Miyazaki as some of the other Ghibli films, but I think it's it's a, this is a very beautiful movie. There's a lot of really kind of uh, stunning sequences in it, and I think um, the story it's a very different film for uh, kind of Miyazaki to make because it's very it's based on a true story. It's about a real guy, and it's really it exists within the real world. But I think it kind of goes to show how great of a director he is that he's able to turn something that is like very grounded into still a very entertaining and very kind of unique watch. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, I I I did tear up near the end. It's got one of the more emotional endings. 
to the uh, Ghibli films, but I think uh, I think The Wind Rises. I remember when it came out, I was interested in seeing it, and I just never got around to watching it, and I'm I'm sure glad I did. Um, yeah, I and I, we'll get to it later, not to spoil my ranking. But the thing about this movie is, just like you, I didn't see it in theaters, but God, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like it is so stunning. Um, I'll, I'll get to it more later, but it, it has some of the best animation in any yeah, of their movies. Really, really stunning. Actually, this is, I mean, are you done with Wind Rises or? Yeah. Okay. Like what you were saying about how it has beautiful animation, but it's not as in your face with like Spirited Away where it like, uh, has like things that are just so out of this world that the mm-hmm. animation's like, you know, a little bit poppier. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like what, what my number nine is, which is Whisper of the Heart, where it has very stunning animation, but a lot of it's very low key. And I think I, I was kind of debating. It's honestly between number ten and number eight. I think they're kind of interchangeable movies for me. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I put this at number nine um, was because I have a very deep respect for how simplistic this movie is. Mm-hmm. It like I know Totoro is all often like acclaimed to be their most simplistic movie. Um, and in ways it is, but there's something about this movie that I have to admire where it's simply just a story about like a teenage girl um, mm-hmm. discovering what her passion in life is. And a lot of, and the only fantastical stuff in the movie is in her imagination and like a visual representation of what her creativity looks like on the inside and her finding that creativity and voice that she has. And it's just this, it's a coming of age movie, but it's also like an internal struggle of like, there is a love story between her and a boy that she meets very early on that kind of sparks her interest in writing. But the real love story, not to be too cheesy, is between her and her craft of writing. And I I was just so moved by this movie and it has uh, above and beyond the best use of country road ever. It is and like I want to cry every time I hear this uh, int- uh, this version of it because it's just so oh it's so good um, mm-hmm. I love it a lot it's very simple it's very uh, it's very sweet it's but it's also one of the best films I've ever seen about like just following your dreams and like finding your voice and just continually working at something until you become the best at it that you can be and I, I think it's a wonderful wonderful film. Well, why don't you just marry it then, Adam? Um, I will. I, I would love to marry this movie. That's a cute one. Uh, my number eight is going to be, uh, I think this is a divisive placement. I don't know. Uh, my number eight is Castle in the Sky. Uh, well, I really I'll just spoil real quick. My, it's not even on my list. So. Oh, it's not even on your list? It's my number 11. Rules, man. It's, um, it's an amazing movie. Uh, yeah, but Castle in the Sky, uh, This is very similarly to a couple other ones on here, I just love how big the scope of this movie is. It is so big in scale, and it really creates a very like detailed and like well-thought-out uh, like just fantasy world. And I, I think there's some really, really beautiful stuff here. Um, all, the stuff, all the stuff with like the, um, the Sky Pirates is really, really, really great. And there's yeah. some super characters here. And I think um, it's just – I really, really just really dug the story. It's super fun. It feels super. Uh, it kind of it has a very timeless feel to it. The soundtrack is really awesome, and it's just a really, really fun story. I really, really love Castle in the Sky. Well, I'll just say this: um, it's a good transition to my number eight, where it's kind of, which is Nausicaa. But I'll say the reason why Castle in the Sky is uh, not on my list, and it feels unfair, but I feel like a lot of Ghibli movies, and this isn't an insult; it's just an observation that they all have a very 
a lot of them have like similar themes of like um capitalism imperialism mm-hmm. uh war and that's not a bad thing and they always look at them from different angles but like i think castle in the sky while it's great and like i said it's my number 11 so it was like right there it's about to be on my list um but the only thing that kept it off is just because i think the other movies that do similar themes do a little bit better um nausicaa has a it kind of has a similar theme where it's more about environmentalism and mm-hmm. like more so our bond as humans with uh insects and animals and how we can often uh just be scared of them and we don't know how to react to them and in all likelihood they're just as scared as we are and this can sound like a very weird comparison but nausicaa almost reminds me the character almost reminds me of mr rogers where a lot of people like look at her as if she's like a foreign like just like this alien who's like how can you be empathetic like being empathetic and being kind is weird to people and they will always look at you as if you're different or less than or just like a villain for doing so but in one actuality you are the person that they should strive to be like and a lot of the villains in this movie are just people that don't understand and they have lost their morality along the way and uh it's a beautiful movie it's stunning in animation it is has a very very great message i think um i the only reason it's not higher is because there's another movie on my list and i i I think everyone knows what i'm alluding to has a very similar message and i think it just does a little bit better or maybe i just saw that one first and it stuck with me more but uh this one's still amazing i love it so much and yeah that's nausicaa i'm gonna save what i have to say about nausicaa for later but um why not my number seven, I also think, is a hot take. Uh, my number seven is My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, this movie is adorable. Uh, it's super, super <laughs> cute. And it's uh, it's one of those things where I really... I know a lot of movies, like a lot of reviews says, but watching it really does make you feel like a kid because it just it has that same, like, childlike wonder that, like... And it really does make you feel like... Like, I, I totally agree with Adam when he's like... Uh, when you said that Totoro is, like, the most accessible one for children because it's just such an easy simple movie and it's got such it does such a good job like developing the themes that it wants to talk about and it's got really just like the character designs are just instantly iconic and it's just it's such a cute movie and it's i i feel bad that i have it this low because i really do enjoy it a lot but it's a it's a it's a real banger of a film I, everybody loves it for a reason yeah you should feel bad um my <laughs> wow, wow i can't even believe it um okay so my number seven is a movie that i feel like probably isn't on joe's list uh the red turtle um not on my list you're absolutely right <laughs> uh do you like this movie um i'll let you talk about it first <laughs> wow okay um i think this movie is amazing i think it's almost like a misunderstood masterpiece i think it is a lot like Nausicaa in the sense where it's about kind of like humanity's relationship with nature, but like as if Nausicaa was more about like living creatures, like animals and insects, this is more about like actual nature, like global warming and how we take care of the environment and how man's bond with nature is so symbiotic. And it's this thing that we have to come uh, to an agreement on and we have to like, learn to live and love each other and it's like this really beautiful movie and i think the most impressive thing about this movie is that like it's 80 minutes i think it's under 80 minutes actually and there's absolutely no dialogue in the movie it mm-hmm. is all 
completely silent. It has some of the most simplest, a lot like uh, Kaguya, which is what I was alluding to when I was talking about that, has very simplistic animation, but I think it just makes the story and themes go even stronger. Um, there's one scene in this movie where, I don't want to spoil it, but the turtle turns into something. <laughs> and the first time that the turtle and the man, or what the turtle turns into and the man interact for the first time, and he has to address something that he did, and it's done completely without any dialogue, just visuals. But it conveys so much emotion uh, throughout no dialogue. And um, this is just one of the most peaceful movies that they've ever done. And I, I think it's so, so stunning. And the third act has like a twist to it, like almost like a narrative twist. But um, it, it gets away with so much without having any dialogue whatsoever. And I know I keep going back to that, but it, that's one of the things that's so impressive about it, that like it has so many themes without ever telling you any of it and i love it so much i thought it was one of the best movies of oh god was it 2016 that it came out mm -hmm. um definitely one of the best movies of that year and i i love it with all my heart uh why do you hate the red turtle joe i don't hate the red turtle i uh, i thought it was pretty good when i saw it i didn't think much of it though so maybe i should give it a rewatch because you're giving it such high praise so i gotta check that out. i thought it was pretty good when i saw it <laughs> maybe it's just a product of me like like I went into it completely blind. I didn't even have any hype for it. Like I just kind of watched it because it was um, well reviewed for the most part, but no one actually hyped it up for me. But I, I just was so moved by it. And um, a lot of people forget that it's a Ghibli movie. Like it's mm -hmm. not really talked about when they talk about Ghibli. So um, I'm curious if that's like because people actually don't love it, or if it's because people forget that it's Ghibli. Um, because I didn't even really when we started doing this list like when we said we're going to do this episode and I looked at the Ghibli films I was like oh I didn't know it was a Ghibli film but I didn't like I said but I like wasn't you know I figured that it out then you know I didn't know beforehand when I watched it yeah um, yeah well I'm, I'm sorry that you hate a great movie Joe um, yeah, maybe I, gotta, I gotta give it a I gotta give it a re-review <laughs> uh, so it's your number six now yeah my number six okay is uh, I really love this movie. I love so much stuff about this movie. I think I, I think Adam is pretty lukewarm on it. Uh, Porco Rosso is my number six. Uh, this movie's like kick ass, man. I really like this movie <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, I'll just say real quick. I like Porco Rosso. I just don't love it. Like it's a good movie though. It, it's really good. I just maybe I was like in a bad mood that day, but I watch it. And I'm like, okay, like what? He, he's a he's a pig who flies. Like who gives a shit? But it's so cool though. But uh, <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's good. He's, this is such a cool movie, man. It's super fun. Uh, I like how adult-oriented it is. Uh, this is definitely one of the more adult-oriented ones in the catalog. And I think, you know, it's such a it's such a simple concept, just like a like a smuggler pig. But it just it, it, they do so much with it. And I, I there's like there's a couple major issues I have with the movie that are like holding it back. And the main one is that there's just some really out of place sexist humor in the film, and it really <laughs> kind of like puts a sour taste in your mouth. Where it's really like they'll just be like. Yeah, she'd be better if she was a man. And it's like, why just cut this out of the movie, Come, please? Because it's just is it so? Is it really? Is it like actual sexist jokes, or is it more like? Because the theme of that movie, I think that's like the most anti-capitalist um, hmm. movie that they've made, other than Spirited Away, where it's yeah. like that entire movie is just, and they don't even like. It's not even like an allegory. It's straight up like Porco Rosso saying, "Yo, fuck capitalism," like, <laughs> like. Is it really that, or is it more like commentary on how like women aren't allowed to succeed in a capitalist market, like a uh, workforce? Well, I guess there, I guess part of it is that because she makes some comments about how she's like, I know I'm not a man, but I can still work hard. But it's yeah, 
But it, it's just the way it's presented. It, it's just a little like when they make those comments, it's a little uncomfortable because he's like, "She's a girl. I would never work with her." So yeah, the way I mean, I don't even love the movie, but the way I interpreted it was like it, it was very on the nose just for how stupid men in general and like capitalism can be and how it often discriminates against women. And it's not so I didn't see it as any joke. I just thought it was like, oh, like you're stupid. Um, but Maybe it, it's stupid and misread it then. <laughs> uh, probably. Um, yeah. Classic <laughs> uh, but no, Porco Rosso is good. I just don't. Um, it's like my number. I'm looking at my list now. It's not my number fourteen. Uh, so yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I mean, okay, I'll just spoil what I don't have on the list. I don't have Howl's Moving Castle. That's my number twelve. What? And and Ponyo is my number thirteen. Uh, and Porco Rosso is my number fourteen. Um, right now. So I, I like Porco Rosso. It's a good movie. I just didn't take any. I, I just didn't have any deep emotional connection to it at all. But it was good. Um, my number six. I, I think this one might be my only hot take, which it shouldn't be because it's an incredible movie, and I'm not disregarding that. Um, it's Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. I okay. This movie. Some people are gonna be like, it's their best movie. How can it be number six? It's fucking sad, dude. It's the saddest yeah. movie I've ever seen. Horribly um, depressing film. <laughs> it is the saddest movie I've ever seen in my life, simply because it is relentlessly sad. It has no filter. It has, it's unlike any other Ghibli movies, there is nothing, like, no um, fantastical, like, yeah. imagination in it to, like, um, shield you from the horrors that they're trying to pick. No, Kids die and starve in this movie, and you're forced yeah. to watch it. And it is disturbing. It's a masterpiece, but it's also horrific at the same time. It, yeah. I'm always back and forth on this movie because I think it's incredible, but I'd never want to watch it again. Yeah, I have no desire to ever watch this movie again. <laughs> but it's incredible, though. Yeah, it, it's really great. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, It's, um, it's a lot like, uh, I think, Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that. <laughs> Where I like, I think the movies are fantastic, but I have um, no desire to ever watch them. I actually rewatched um, after many years of saying I would never do it. I rewatched Funny Games, and that movie is so sad and twisted, but it gets away with it because it's a fantastic movie. So maybe in a few years I'll watch Grave of the Fireflies again and be like, yeah, I'm never gonna do it again, and then I'll do it again from then. But mm-hmm. um, it's fantastic. I love it, but God, it's so soul crushing that I just can't put it higher than movies that make me happy you know yeah um so yeah joey what's your number five uh my number five uh, i'm coming at it again with another hot take is uh spirited away uh this movie is i know yeah it's a hot take uh, <laughs> wow uh, i love spirited away i think it is a fantastic animated film i've never really kind of meshed with it the same way that everybody else seems to i've seen it like three or four times now and i like it a lot uh, it's just never really like super, super hit home with me. But I think this is such a great film. I completely understand why everybody loves it so much. And in a lot of ways, I feel like it's their most, uh, maybe Miyazaki's most mature film in some ways, just because of how it present and the way it presents things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some, just so many incredible sequences in it. And I mean, there's so much, I read so much about this movie, just everybody knows inherently because it's just so iconic. And I, uh, I definitely understand why everybody loves it so much. So I, it hurts to have it this low. Um, well, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> my number five is, 
a movie that I'm almost certain is higher up on Joe's list. Uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm. Um, this movie fucking rules. It's awesome. It is so sweet. It has. I, I think it's almost. I have no idea how like he made this one of the most uh, relatable movies of all time when yeah. it comes to how a young person has to learn to adapt to a workforce and just the world of like earning a living and that internal struggle of like wanting to do what you love, but having to get a job that pays. And it's this real, like it's like a millennial movie made in the, was in the nineties or the eighties? Like, um, Uh, 89, 89. Um, yeah, the fact that he, it like stands up 30 years later as like a relatable movie for people. Um, it's incredible. And it's about a witch, um which is the craziest part and it's so sweet it's so funny i love the cat um Mm -hmm. it's it's such a great movie and i i just can't say enough about it like i i think the plot and the themes are very simple but um it still rings very true um and i love kiki as a character i think she's one of the best ghibli characters ever um Mm -hmm. so yeah i i love this movie um yeah that's number five uh, well, good good transition into my number four, which is also Kiki's Delivery Service. Nice. Uh, this movie, like Adam said, this movie kicks ass. It's just super calming to watch. It's a very like the city is so beautiful, and it's such a it's such a it's such a relatable story because it's just anybody who's passionate about anything is going to be able to relate to this movie because it's just you know the idea of getting burned out and overworking yourself and having to like kind of recollect yourself and focus again. It's just such a it's such a positive movie to watch. It's such a, you know, I, I think we recommended this one in our uh, quarantine rec ones, just the movies that make you happy. Because it's just mm-hmm. such a cute little movie. And then the cat is super cute and he's funny. And Kiki's cute and she flies around. And it's just super, it's just what a what a pleasant film this is. It's just kind of it's very similar to Totoro where it's just kind of like 90 minutes of just, I think this one might be a little longer than 90 minutes, but just like 90 minutes of just happiness. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Um, my number four is The Wind Rises. Um, when this movie, when I first watched this movie a few weeks ago, I was kind of like placing it around like number seven or eight. Um, and then I just like sat with it for a bit and I actually watched it again, which I didn't think I would do in that sort of a window, but like I couldn't get it out of my mind. And this movie is like a masterpiece. It's, <laughs> it, I, I have a lot to say about it because like, I, I think it's also a lot like Kiki's delivery service and also whisper of the heart where it's about a person who's trying to fulfill their need to create art or just create what they're good at, like do the thing that they love. And mm-hmm. I think the most interesting about this movie is that the main character is this guy. He doesn't, he, he was going to, he wants to like design fighter planes for the army, but he's not, he has no like interest in politics or anything with war he just knows the only way to ever make planes is to work for them and i think that's only half of why this movie is amazing but it's like an such an interesting character trait that makes you immediately interested in his character mm-hmm. and his relationship with his wife um is so so heartbreaking because a lot like um his love for planes and um his like willingness to act on the opportunity to make planes for the army um he knows that he has only a short window to do what he loves and with his wife like it's like he only has a short time to love her but he knows that's the only chance he has and he knows that he'll never have that deep of love again 
with anybody, regardless of like their health or not. Um, so like, I don't want to spoil what happens, obviously, but like, it's just everything about this movie is so perfect in the way it constructs his mentality and his drive for passion. Like that one scene in the movie where he's like designing planes and it's like 2 a.m. And then like, she's sick in bed and she just like, like puts her hand out and Mm -hmm. he just holds her hand while he designs planes. I want to fucking cry just thinking about it, dude. It is Mm -hmm. so perfect. I love this movie. It is stunning, beautiful, heartbreaking, amazing. A masterpiece. I love it. It's a pretty good movie, man. I like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My number three uh, is one that... uh, Adam, this is a very hot take that you don't have this one on your list, but How's Moving Castle is my number three. Um, this movie is incredible. It's such a creative film. It is such a fun film. It's such a touching movie. Uh, it's such an interesting world that he's able to create. And there's so many just little things to it that just kind of make it feel really lived in. And it's, a, it's got such a, it's got so many just really great characters and you got the, it's just, it's just everything about this. I'm very surprised Adam doesn't uh, have this one. This, this one kicks ass. I really like Hell's Moon Castle a lot. It's, a. Uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is the, like, the best movie. There's one later on my list that I think is actually the best movie. But this is, like, one of the best, like, uh, one of the best, I think, scripts and, like, stories that the, any of the films have. And the animation is just stunning. And there's so many really incredible sequences and so many really original and unique ways to kind of convey information. It's just a really great movie. I'm, I'm very shocked with you, Adam. It's pretty good. Um, no, this movie rules, man. <laughs> no, it's it's a good movie. I just don't love it. Uh, I I'm sorry, audience. Um, who who would have thought that I would have worse opinions than Joe this week? Not Once me. again, I gotta chime in and say Jackson. This was his favorite Studio Ghibli film. So then I am very happy he couldn't make it tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's good. I just don't have a lot to say about it. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if I deconstructed it as much as I did the other movies. I just didn't take a lot away from it, like thematically or emotionally. Like I didn't, it didn't have any impact on me. I enjoyed of, it. It's got a lot of stuff about the war. It's got a lot of stuff about what it means to be old. It's got a lot of stuff about personal identity. So it's it's. it's but but so do a lot of movies on this list, and I thought they did it better. So. Well, I guess I just disagree with you. I thought you know because I just House of the Castle. It's just such a she gets this curse to like. She gets turned into this really old lady, and you think she's like any other person would take it and be miserable, but she kind of learns to find the best in it. And she kind of is the movie is kind of her discovering as an old lady, like what she's good at. And then she kind of is able to see who she really is as a person. And then she's got, and that's kind of juxtaposed with Hal. Hal is this very insecure, very bombastic character. I think that I thought it was a wonderful film, Adam. I can't believe you. It's a good movie. I just don't adore it. It's fine. Hot take king over here, Adam Sidorius. You know what? I, I just won't have it. I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm standing firm on this one, guys. Uh, so my number three is Howl's Moving. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my number three is <laughs> my number three is My Neighbor Totoro. Um, this movie. I mean, you kind of summed up my thoughts pretty perfectly. Uh, it, it's just one of the best. Like, it's a very um, it, it's it's a very childish not childish movie but like it has the most childlike view of any ghibli movie ever Mm -hmm. um and i think what i said earlier is true about it being very accessible to kids but i think if anything this movie captures the lens of childhood better than 
any movie I think I've ever seen where mm-hmm. as in every, like everything about like when you're a kid, everything seems fantastical to you and everything seems like bigger than life. And sometimes you project like imaginary friends or imaginary or just like things that you've heard about, like folk tales that you've learned to be true. And they tell like they help you get through hardships in life that you don't Mm. quite grasp when you're so young and in this movie the thing that they don't grasp is like their mother who's very sick at the hospital and you know people are telling them every day like oh she's gonna be home in a week and then the week gets keep it's like jackson not being on the pod it's like you keep (laughs) (laughs) uh you (laughs) they just like they keep holding on hope that she's gonna get better and they keep saying this weekend this weekend this weekend next friday and then they never get her home well you know, not at least for a majority of the runtime. And the thing is, this movie is like their spirits never really go away. They always hold out hope. And that's just like the beautiful thing about this movie is that how childlike wonder and hope and love is like one of the most powerful things that could ever happen. And mm-hmm. that's why everyone should hold on to a piece of their childhood because it's like one of the most beautiful things to ever be in humanity. And it's, I just think it's a really touching and moving film about kids dealing with the fact that their parents aren't like immortal and they're not these higher beings like even their dad who's not sick but he's struggling to be a single dad and the grandmother who is like just struggling to keep it together and um keep telling them each week to hold out hope for their mom but you know towards the end of the movie she eventually cracks with that you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like i could go on about this movie all day i think it has some of the most stunning animation of any of the movies and um I, I just, and then Totoro as a character is just like, I, I want to give him a hug. Like, I just yeah. want to, I, I love Totoro. Um, it, it's just, it, it's an incredible, incredible film. Um, I, I've said it enough, but I, I re- just rewatched it last week and I can't get enough of it. So yeah, that's my number three. It's a masterpiece. I love it. Uh, my number two is going to be Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Um, I... I don't know what, because I feel like I'm really the only person who likes it as much as I do. And I just am really taken by this whole, this movie. It really kind of won me over. It's Can I just say a, real quick? I think it's because you saw this one before you saw a lot of the others. Yeah, I did see this one was one of the first ones I ended up watching. So I think it might be the, it was the first one I watched when I started the binge. So I was just really, I don't know. I just really was taken in by the world of it. And just, I really thought it was such a such a kick-ass movie so many really really cool genuinely like exciting and compelling sequences told through this kind of an adult animation form and it's really at its core nausicaa is is really just a really cool really detailed really fleshed out uh fantasy story it's got all of the makings of a really great i would i mean i would i wouldn't be like i don't want them to make any of these like live action movies but if they were to i think nausicaa would be such like a really cool mini series or a really cool uh, like movie and it's I, I I I'm so interested in the one that I, I I went out and I bought the manga for the book and for like the, that it's based on because I want to read it because I just want to know more about this world I think it's so huge in scale and I just love how big it's just such a big movie in scale and there's just so many moving parts to it and it's able to tell this really kind of really compelling uh, themes you know with kind of uh, our relationship with the environment and our relationship with other peoples and what like kind of the na- again he's very there's a lot of there's a lot of atomic bomb imagery in this film as well, and I think it's really kind of a human's relationship with the Earth that they live in, and how the Earth and the humans can kind of work together to take care of each other. It's just really, really, really awesome, really, really compelling stuff. I really, really love this movie. 
I know everybody. I know it's uh, technically not Studio Ghibli, but it's it's Hayao Miyazaki's first film, so I'm counting it. But I really, really love uh, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. Um, no, I mean it's great. I just I think a movie that I'm still talking about later does it just a little bit better, but uh, it is fantastic. Um, so Joey, while I'm doing my number two, can you do me a favor and text me your top ten? Because I we already vary completely, so I want to have a reference point when we try to. Uh, actually combine a list and make one, okay? Yeah, so, I can. I'll text it to you right now. All right. So my number two is Spirited Away. Um, the fact that Joey doesn't have this higher is fucking ridiculous. Um, this is a masterpiece. It is a 10 out of 10. It is a flawless movie. It has the most stunning animation in any movie ever. I know it's my number two, but I think it has the best animation. Um, just the... I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like the details of the ha- like the big house that, that they're in um, throughout a majority of this movie is like stunning, and like the character designs or even like the creature designs and like all the food and oh my god, the food! I want ramen every time I eat this. I watch this movie because like everything about this movie looks so appealing. Um, I think it's the deeper themes of this movie are like how capitalism can be like this very foreign thing to a kid and like when you're so young and you're so used to like the simplicity of nature and like just being um with your parents and your parents always think they can protect you from things but when you're thrown into the real world it can be almost like a horror movie you know and i think it's a perfect movie i have absolutely no issues with it i think it is just stunning and i think a lot of it has to do with uh, we're almost like uh, we were saying with nausicaa where it comes to the fact where we have to learn how to function with nature. This movie, it has like a thing where it's like you can function in a capitalist society, but you have to learn not to fully indulge into it, or you'll just be completely lost and consumed and actually become a literal pig. And that's what I love about this movie. Uh, I think it's fantastic, obviously. And yeah, that's uh, Spirit Away, my number two. Yeah, man. I mean, like you made some pretty great points. It's uh, it's just I don't know why I just have never really been able to kind of gel with the movie the way everyone else does. It's it's great, but you know what do I know? I'm just a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, You're probably smart though. So. <laughs> uh, so Joey, do you wanna give your number one? Well, I think if if anyone's done the math, they can probably tell Adam and I both have the same number one. Uh, right. Uh, I, I one, two, two, three. The cat two, returns. The cat returns. It's yeah. Just, who lo- who doesn't love cats? <laughs> just uh, uh, Princess Mononoke. <laughs> um, let me scream about this real quick because I, I watched this for the first time uh, two months ago, and I have since watched it three times, and I think it's like in my top twenty of all time. This movie is flawless. And what I was saying about earlier with like Nausicaa and um, I think Cast on the Sky almost has like themes of war and stuff in it. And so does Howl's a little bit. Um, This movie is the most deep exploration of all those themes into one movie that I've ever like seen. Um, It has the most, like each character like embodies like, the internal struggle of nature, like um, uh, Ashitaka, he's like the embodiment of um, like a man who's like just fed up with like the harshness of nature and how 
in his eyes, nature has taken from him repeatedly, you know, mm -hmm. and um, San, the woman, she like is kind of like an embodiment of how nature is frustrated with man always wanting to take from nature but never give back, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think the most interesting character in this entire movie is Lady Eboshi, who she kind of, she's like the most morally great character I think I've seen mm -hmm. in almost all of cinema, where it's like you want to hate her, but she has so many good points. And without her presence in the film, a lot of them would be dead. Yeah. And like it's it's stunning and i don't want to jump too far ahead but the ending of this film has one of the most I, I think beautiful messages ever where it's like there's no enemies in life there's no mm. ultimate fault to anyone um the you know the nature side of this movie was in fault when it came to how harshly they reacted to the humans when they were trying to pave their own way and the humans took way too much from nature and where in reality we always have to find a common ground and we have to learn that we can take without taking too much and how to react without reacting too harshly. And it is a stunning, beautiful, moving movie. And at the same time, it's fucking epic and awesome. <laughs> and I like I know we talk a lot about themes, but the action in this movie is fucking dope. And oh, my God, dude, I love this movie. It, it's so good. Uh, you go yeah. on about it. It is such a it's such a kick ass movie. I mean, I. Hayao Miyazaki hasn't really made none of the Ghibli films, with exception to a few sequences, and some of them, none of them are really full-on action movies. Mm -hmm. And I'd hesitate to say that uh, Nausicaa is a full-on action, that uh, Princess Mononoke is a full-on action movie, but it's just got so many really just incredible sequences in it, and it's super fun. It's I, the, I mean, it's really fun action too. It's like not like it's it's this really dark. It's it's very clear. You can see it all. It's like. You know, it's the John Wick of animated films, and it's brutal. They're fucking shooting people's hands off, and mm -hmm. people are getting decapitated. It's 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 some really brutal stuff in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is, and that's what took me back the first time I watched it because I was like, it, it, like in the opening alone, like he gets fucked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it starts off the movie like it has a immediate tone, and yeah. um, even like the scene where um, uh. Uh, what's her name san she's like yeah. she fights lady Boshi for the first time mm -hmm. and it's not like brutal but like that just the combat like the the animation of it's like yeah. stunning mm -hmm. and like when she invades the village and stuff and it's just like yeah oh my god it's so fucking cool um mm -hmm. yeah I, I love this movie with all my heart i, I think it's uh, yeah. it's uh it's one of those ones i when i watched it I texted Adam about halfway through it. I was like, I'm halfway through this in one, and this is like the best one. Like it's, <laughs> like it's, it's kind of like I'm like all of the Studio Ghibli films are great, but Princess Mononoke is the best one. It's just kind of, it just really, almost immediately when it starts, you kind of know you're in, in for something different. You know, I'd kind of say, even though I don't have it as my number one film, like uh, Spirited Away, I admit that I'm probably wrong by having it so low because it's just when you watch it, you can just be like, oh, well, this is just the best, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree completely. And <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know, man. I, like, I, I think I hyped it up for you and I was like really yeah. afraid you wouldn't like it as much I as I was. It as much as you did and then i came out and i was like oh adam was right it was 100 like totally on the same page about this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was hoping you would agree with me but i just wasn't yeah. completely sure yeah, um so many so many kick-ass parts it's super funny too it's got a super it's got a, such a great sense of humor the uh and it's it's a really well-developed world you really kind of get to know a lot about how this world operates and i love one of my favorite, I, I've talked about how big in scale a lot of Miyazaki's films can get. And this is a great example where there's such a big scale to this. And there's so many just beautiful, 
creatures and designs those little white dudes who like appear and disappear like and they work with the spirit of the forest and those are things that are just mm-hmm. so kick-ass and then i mean the actual uh the spirit of the forest itself is such a unique design for a creature and there's just so much about this world that it's just such a unique world and i just love i love just spending time inside this really dense and like lived in world that they created um i agree and <laughs> with all of that being said i'm looking at both of our lists right now and I'm just now noticing, Grave of the Fireflies, not on your top ten. Grave of the Fireflies is a really good movie. It is just horribly depressing, and I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> I would much rather watch these ten movies before. It's, I think Grave of the Fireflies is, is like, it's practically, it's probably like a masterpiece. It's really, really well done. Uh, it's, I just, it's just so sad the whole time. It's just like, it's just like, you're just fucking depressed. Like the movie opens with a kid starving to death. It's like, you just immediately are like, okay, we're in for something horrific. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, while you were talking, I was trying to, uh, I, I was making a letterbox list of the movies that we agree on that are both on, on both of our top tens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we have only six of those. Ooh. and there's one that I have to put because it's in your top five. And I think that's the rule. If there's one that's not on our, both of our top tens, but it's in one of our top fives, it has to be on the top 10. Yeah. Um, and there's only one of those and it's for you. Um, for anyone that's keeping up can guess what it is, mm-hmm. but um, so I'll let you like, okay, so there's, um, let's see. It's um, so I'm going to give you one more to pick to put on the chopping, like like in the top 10 to fit into the movie. We'll pick up ranking, but uh, I'll give you a few options. Porco Rosso, Castle in the Sky, or Ponyo. You got to choose one. Porco Rosso stays. Okay. So then I get two from my list. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. So I'm going to have to go with Grave of the Fireflies and the Red Turtle. Um, that's fine. That's fine. We agree. Hands shaking. We're ready to go into battle with this. Okay. <laughs> All right. This makes it easier because it's gonna. I was wondering how we could go if like our lists are so radically different. Yeah. Um, oh man, this is. It sucks to leave Whisper the Heart off. Yeah. Though, like. It's a very good one. <laughs> oh god. Um. Okay. I I guess I have to fucking do it, but whatever. Um. All right. So. So what's your vote for number 10? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to jump the gun a bit. I'm going to say Grave of the Fireflies should be number 10. But it, it's, no. Um, you know, but I think Grave of the Fireflies, it's, it's, you know, just, you want to be sad the whole time? You want to be you, in for a corner? Let me just make one argument. Can we put the Red Turtle at number 10? Would you be good with that? Yeah, we can put Red Turtle at number 10. Because I had Grave of the Fireflies higher than Red Turtle, so... Uh, I miss. I flipped them in my head then. But yeah, we could do Red Turtle at 10. Okay, because I, I mean, I and love then, the Red Turtle, but the fact that it's even on the top 10 will make me happy. That's fine with me. And then I'll throw you a bone, and I'll, Porco Rosa wasn't on your list. We can, Porco Rosa can be at number 9. Okay. That, it, I don't know how it's on this list, but okay. Um, <laughs> we can, honestly, if you want, we can flip Porco Rosa and Red Turtle. No, 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 it's fine. I just... I, uh, it's fine. Um, so number 8... I mean, are you voting great with the Fireflies for number 8? I'll vote number eight, Grave of the Fireflies. Um, yeah, me too. Simply because uh, Howl's, it can't go there, even though it's not on my list, because you have it so high. Yeah. And 
all the other ones are just so they're bangers and I don't yeah. like them more or I don't like them less than grave. So it has to yeah. be, I guess. Um, what's your vote for number seven? Uh, number seven, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take the, the strategic advantage. I'm going to go Kiki's delivery service should be number seven. Uh, let me see. So Kiki's my number five and it's your number four. Yeah. Um, because I know you're not going to budge with Totoro, because I have that at seven. No, I, I won't budge. You're, you're <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Um, okay, so that's number seven. Uh, what's number six for you? Uh, number six, I'm going to say we should put My Neighbor Totoro at number six. No, wait, The Wind Rises. Can we put The Wind Rises at number six? Or no, you have that really high, too. <laughs> This is so stressful trying to figure this out. <laughs> I don't like this. Oh, God. You're... Okay. Fine. Fine. The wind rises number five... Or six. Okay? <laughs> you happy? Okay. So, wait. We're at... So, ten, we got the red turtle, and then we have... We number have nine is Pocoroso. Pocoroso. Eight's Grave with the Fireflies. Grave with the Fireflies. And then seven's seven. Kiki's Delivery Service. Seven is Kiki, and then six is Wind Rises. All right, I'm going to go ahead and vote Howl's Moving Castle for number five. That's fine with me, man. We'll stick it right there. Because it's not even on my top ten. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, I, I'm being very considerate this week, unlike previous weeks. <laughs> so I, <laughs> and can we agree Totoro number four? Totoro number four. Okay, so what's your pick for three? I feel like I know what you're going to say, but you're wrong, but say it anyways. Uh, this is probably where I'm going to lose the battle, but I'm going to say Spirited Away at number three. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it no. is. Okay, so maybe it's a better movie than Nausicaa. I get it. <laughs> but, Spirited Away gets so much acclaim. Like, when do you hear people raving about Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind? You know. Exactly, because I mean? it's not as good. I, well, you can put Nausicaa at three. There's no <laughs> There's It's literally like the... It's, you're like Joseph. You know the the obscure one you like. Argue against everyone's favorite one. I don't know. How to, <laughs> to be fair though, it's number three. Three's a pretty good spot for it. I the fact that I got Nausicaa this far because Adam wasn't even gonna watch Nausicaa like that. No, I was just I was just it. trying to give you shit. I wasn't actually uh, not gonna watch it. Um, no, I mean again, I love Nausicaa. I just don't. I, I think there's no world where it's better than Spirit Away. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's like that on my list, but I feel like any, like, definitive ranking, like, it's, I completely know that Nausicaa is just personal preference for me having it so high. Um, okay, so I guess the list writes itself then, because two spirited away, and then one is Princess Mononoke. Um, uh, so, so, uh, well, I was just going to say, do you, do you have it memorized, if you want to read it off to yeah. the audience one more time? So, number 10 is the Red Turtle. Number nine is Porco Rosso. Number seven is number eight is Grave of the Fireflies. Number seven is Kiki's Delivery Service. Number six is The Wind Rises. Number five is Howl's Moving Castle. Number four is My Neighbor Totoro. Number three is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Number two is Spirited Away. And number one is the Big Daddy itself, Princess Mononoke. Perfect. I I, I like this list. Even though I don't agree with it, I, I like it. Um Porco Rosso should not be here, but um, it's fine. It's, it's a collaborative effort. That's the game we play each week. Um, I'm proud of it, and I'm proud that we... we well, after the um, uh, 
the PTA episode. I, I really thought I could never trust you again. Yeah. And I, I, after Wes Anderson, I, uh, I went into therapy, actually. So, yeah, so it was a tough week for me. Yeah. Well, just you wait. Um, but I'm glad we could, uh, you know, come together on this one. Uh, I'm so sorry, Jax. I know you're listening, but, yeah. y- you know, you should have been here, buddy, if you wanted Hal's higher, because it probably would have been in the top three if you were here. Yeah, because Jax has it at number one. I don't know if he's seen Mononoke yet, so we'll see. That's fucking ridiculous. Because <laughs> it's so good, man. It's so good. Yo, if he called us tonight and was like, uh, I haven't seen Princess Mononoke, though, I would have, like, blocked him from the call. Like, I would have been like, no, you're not doing it. Um, <laughs> excommunicated Jax. Like, you're not going to do a Ghibli up and not see their best movie. Their best movie. Because this movie, Chris Stuckman even says this is his favorite uh, studio Ghibli or Ghibli film. Well, you know, if Chris Stuckman says it, it has to be true. Chris Stuckman says it, it's a fact, and uh, there's no point in even debating it. Yeah. Um, so, Joey, uh, thanks for doing it, you know, every week. You know, we don't give you enough credit around here. Thank you for being such a good co-host, Joey. Thank you, Adam. I try. I really try my best, and I'm glad that I'm finally getting the credit I deserve. Um, do you want to tell the dear listeners where they can find you online? You can find me at Joseph underscore Salomony on most platforms, and you can find me just hanging out, you know, just vibing out. I'm hanging. I'm playing video games again. I started writing a script. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how that turns out, Joey. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Adam Storius. And you can follow my other podcast, The Zillow Canon. We're doing the summer of Sandler right now. Uh, we're reviewing uh, four different Sandler movies this month. We already did 51st Dates. Um, by the time this episode comes out, I think Grown Ups will already be up. Um, and we're going to be also doing Click and uh, The Wedding Singer. So, you know, big movies for the big Sandman. So if you want to tune into that, definitely check it out. Um, and also, if you want to follow the pod itself, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Shot Pod. And if you want to help us out, the best way you can do that is rating us a five-star rating. And leave us a review, too, on Apple or uh, Apple Podcasts, because that's the best way to get us any traction. Um, that's how sponsors find us. That's how um, you know people pay attention to your pod, is that they have a lot of good ratings. So if you can, guys, please do that. That would mean the world to us. And if um, you leave us a review, you can come on the podcast. You know, we're, we're very friendly on here. You know, Zach does not apply to you, but anybody else can <laughs> review and they can get on the podcast. Um, yeah, you know what? And you know what? Joe, will he'll be your bitch for a week if you do it. I'll be your bitch for a week, and I'll even give you a kiss on the lips. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right. So until next time, gamers, uh, keep gaming, keep gibbling, uh, and keep you know trying to find a common balance between man and nature. That's mm-hmm. the true thing we got to come to terms with today. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time, gamers, take care. Thank you.